Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. All week I've very much been knowing that I've just got to talk about miracles. And um, what's really funny is Wonder, we did the song Wonder. I didn't know we were really thinking about doing that. I think probably if I'd paid attention on Tuesday I might have, but... We do worship practice. and But the other thing is I was really talking about is that really what more miracles do. And from the Gospel of John, we know this is that um, the miracles that Jesus did was to display his glory. That's it. It's the, the main reason. Display his glory and everything, all of the miracles then in the display of his glory would point to Jesus and so that faith would be rise, raised in people's hearts and people would become aware of who he is and, and have more, each time a new miracle was done, it was more opportunity just to fall more in love with this one and discover more of who he is and understand who he is as far as the identity of the son of God, ruler of the world, king of heaven, creator, creator of everything we see. He fills everything in every way, right? And so he, he's, he's God. And so all of the miracles were just continually just pointing to who he is and faith in him and his identity. And um, so that's what I wanted to talk about a little bit today. I'm going to pray just before we do get started. But I find it really funny that we're talking about this, the bit of prophetic song and for those of you that maybe are new to us, um, we sing some songs that you'll know and you'll be able to catch, but other times we just start singing some prophetic pieces of phrases that we've just, the worship, you know, the singers here have caught in the spirit and they just run with that and just keep declaring the prophetic thing that they're singing in that moment. It's a really important part of what we do in worship is we're, we're prophetic people. So we're all supposed to be very able to capture what God is saying and doing at any time, right? His thoughts to you, there's thousands of them all the time. And so our ability just to tune in and hear his voice and respond to what he's saying, and even in the prophetic moments when we're playing here, the worship. So if you're like, the words have disappeared off the screen, it's often just because we're just singing something very prophetic. So tune in and repeat with you, add your voice and decree that part of that song and today it was on glory <laughs> so I was like oh I'm talking about miracles and glory that's pretty great God he's really smart when we just follow him and look smart then right <laughs> so, so I'm gonna pray and um and uh Actually, we just bless the kids too before we get started. God, just bless the kids here, all of those kids. I pray that they would grow to love you. I pray that they would discover who you are, that in this place they would, they would encounter you and discover you as the real God, the one true king. And even though kids are crying, we're good with this, God. You are always good with it, Jesus. All of the kids were welcome to you. So we say they're welcome. We say they're so welcome. If you're the parent of a kid who is crying, your child is welcome and you are welcome. <laughs> right in Jesus name it's what Jesus was about let the kids come to me he was so welcoming of everybody it doesn't matter what their age was it didn't matter how they turned up into Jesus's life they were all welcome so the kid that's crying is not a distraction to us we're just going to keep worshiping amen right we're not going to be distracted by that we're just going to go bless that child God right bless the mum bless the dad amen okay so um I want to talk about miracles, but what I'm going to do first of all is, oh, pray. I was going to pray for us. <laughs> I prayed for the kids. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to cry. So, 
Because um, that word that was just brought about honor, I felt that in the room. So honor, honor is glory. It's the same word in the Greek. It's doxa. The same Greek word whenever you read in your New Testament. For the Greek word is doxa. So sometimes it's translated as glory. Sometimes it's translated as honor. And what it means is if I just stand here and give someone honor, I'm also giving them a bit of glory. I'm giving away presence of God because that's what glo- his glory is, his strong glory presence. And so you can feel honor between people. And Jesus said, where two or more are gathered, there am I, in the midst, because his presence is there. Oh, see, I'm tripping over stuff already. Oh. Clayton's saying, just leave it, but he's not going to be the one that's going to eat it in front of you all. <laughs> so so, so honour, just the giving away of honour to someone, you're valuing them and giving them, giving them like in, bringing them into a place of presence and glory with God, right? So honor is in the room. And so when honor, you can feel the presence of God and then I just don't stop crying. So if I start here crying here while I'm preaching, I don't care. I'll just keep preaching or, or go really quiet and just wait on God because this is what it's about. So I'm going to pray again, right? Lord, thank you. You've given me a lot here, but I really want to communicate what you want communicated. Um, I just, right now, just give my lips and my heart over to you, Jesus the beautiful one that you would that you would be honored through our lives is our prayer our prayer is that you, Jesus would receive all of the worship and all of the honor from us that every breath breathed out of our lungs would be breathed out to worship you and bring glory to your name God we love you and even even gathered here today father i thank you for the people that gathered in this room today who will obey Jesus Christ and not man and so father we 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 dedicate ourselves to living lives we devote ourselves to living to honor you with every breath of our lives every beat every heartbeat I pray would be one that's just honoring to you and giving you back the the praise and the glory and the thanks that's worthy of your name only in Jesus name so um okay (sighs) crying already um I'd like to know because and this is not this is not to if it's, if you have not if this not happened with you it's not a bad thing to not put your hand up okay but I think in the room a lot of hands will go up and, and I want people to understand that it's important who has been the recipient of a miracle or seen a miracle stick your hand up and so okay that's a lot of hands right so and I'm gonna say so I'm gonna say for those of you that didn't raise your hands. What you would not realize is that all through your life, there will have been things that God has just done for you and steered you and, and, and shown you and you just right now have not recognized it as miracle. So, so really, really I could ask that. Sorry, I pressed the button. <laughs> Turn that around, sound people. <laughs> so, don't press the off button while you're preaching. <laughs> anyway, um, all, of, all of our life, God is just constantly going after our heart relentlessly going after our heart and showing up in our lives in ways that sometimes we see and we're aware of and other times we just don't we bump into him and go oh my gosh you were there all the time doing that and um so a lot of the the hands went up in the room um but I guarantee you even if your hand didn't go up I guarantee you there's been a miracle in your life somehow somewhere God has done something to reach you to do something for you to help you and the reason he's done that is because he just loves you. <laughs> he loves you. He loves you. And it's a miracle. All a miracle is, is a supernatural occurrence. God has done something. There's been something divinely brought into your life by God himself or an angel because he uses angels for that. 
that has just helped you in some way. It doesn't matter what it is. could be big, could be small, could be, could be any kind of thing. Um, the miracles of Jesus, the miracles, so, so actually I'll start reading some scripture first. I'm looking first of all, because here's about glory, okay? So Exodus 33, and I'm reading from the NIV, Exodus 33. And by the way, this is quite, um, quite significant even for our church. By the way, we're three years old this week. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. So, anyway. um, <laughs> that's significant too, by the way. <laughs> Three years of planting and sowing. Anyway, not what I'm talking about. Um, I'm reading from Exodus 33. I'm going to read from this, uh, verse 12. And it's a little subtitle there. Some of the Bibles have Moses and the glory of, of the Lord. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, then teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. He's talking about the Israel, Israelites. But you know what? America, we're his nation too. All the nations are his nations. And he, he loves this nation. So remember, God, that this is your nation. Verse 14. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. This is Old Testament. He's promising to Moses, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Now, we're in the New Testament, in the New Covenant. How much more presence do we have? How much more rest do we have? It's a better promise, a better covenant. There's a greater increase in availability of God made available to every single person, not just a few handful of leaders in the Old Testament. Now, it's every person's place is rest and presence. Amen? And so, verse um, 15, I'm going to go. If, and this is, this is it, this is one of our key verses, if your presence does not go with us. Do not send us up from here. How will anyone know you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me from your people and from all of the other people on the face of the earth? And that is the presence of God, by the way, which comes with great, great miracles and astounding wonders and signs and a supernatural life, right? That distinguishes us. The Spirit's presence on us, the Holy Spirit with us, in you, on you, in you to bless you, on you, so that you are empowered to go and love others and show others who Jesus is. By doing the same things Jesus did, which includes miracles, signs, wonders. Amen? Okay, verse, where am I up to? So, thanks. <laughs> People paying attention. <laughs> I like that. Um, the Lord said to Moses... I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. And I want to say, God is pleased with you. Like God is pleased with you. You don't have to earn this. So God wants to show himself to you because he's pleased with you. He delights in you. He delights for him to show himself to you and for you to be astounded and amazed at his beauty and his great grace and his love for you and the supernatural things that he does around you and about you for your life, the way he speaks to you. He takes the initiative of that stuff to make himself known supernaturally like that because he's so pleased with you. You're like the apple of his eye, like great delight in you. We can't earn this 
It's just freely given. He just loves us, right? Verse 18, Moses then said, now show me your glory. That's what we were singing earlier, and they didn't know that I was going to say this verse. Show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I'll have compassion on whom I have compassion. But he said to Moses, God said to Moses, you cannot see my face, nor may anyone see it and live. By the way, again, I just want to explain too, that is Old Testament too. And even in the Old Testament, there are times when people did see the face of God. So I'm going to context that a little bit because it's, it's true, it's, but there's, God also gives us a purity and makes us so righteous. So what would have killed us by being in his presence, what would have killed us by seeing his face now because we've got the blood of Jesus has completely washed us clean, free of sin. Nothing we've done to earn that. We can stand so free in his presence and look at the face of Jesus now. Amen. That's a miracle. You have been made righteous, fully cleaned not because of anything you've done or can do yourself. He has given you his righteousness. And so when God looks at you, he looks at you through the filter of his son, Jesus Christ, who was perfect and knew no sin, did not sin at all. And so God sees you as perfect as if you were Jesus himself. That's a miracle. That's a miracle because everything that we've ever done has been completely cleansed and washed away. We are so incredibly free. Okay, now this is... We're going to link this back to the New Testament just a minute. So verse, verse, mercy, where am I up to? Someone else help me again. <laughs> 21. Thanks. <laughs> um, then the Lord said, and this is, this is for us, right? There is a place near me. There's a place near me where you may stand on a rock. The rock is Jesus. When we stand on Jesus... We stand on the foundation that is Jesus, the firm foundation that cannot be shaken. That's the place we're invited into with nearness with Jesus. So God said to Moses, there's a place near me where you may stand on a rock. And when my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand. It's protection. So much protection from God. Now, I use that scripture just to lead into the other things because it's a promise to Moses, by the way, because we're continuists. What was, what was the blessings? What was promised to Moses? What was given? We walk into and inherit that as well as believers now in the new covenant. We walk into the same blessings and the same um, actually greater access to God now than they even had. But we walk into that same thing. And so even the Old Testament miracle stories, they can become ours. And we read those stories and speak them aloud and talk about them because those testimonies can become our testimonies when we need miracles. We can lean back on the Old Testament miracles and go, God, you parted the Red Sea. <laughs> you blew it open with the east wind and they walked through on dry ground. You protected those people that you brought up out of Egypt and that was an incredible miracle, right? But in the New Testament, is I want to turn now to Jesus, okay? Because here's the thing is, Moses was told, if you stand on the rock, there's the place. That's the place of protection. That's the place where you can stand. And I'll hide my, I will protect you by even putting my, my hand over you so that my glory power, my presence won't kill you. 
Right? That was what that was about. But stand on the rock. <laughs> in the New Testament now, Jesus is the rock. He has the rock that, that we stand on. And we don't need the protection of God's hand. We can enter right in now to presence because of what Jesus did. Now, 2020 has been a uh, great year. I'm going to say a great year. And I know it hasn't been great in every aspect and over everything and that people here could be struggling financially and with work or, you know, my, I've got family, family issues. Um, for some of my family in Australia, I love them dearly, but, you know, we, we um, I know it's been, there's some difficulties that's been happened in, in some people's lives, but I am going to say 2020 has been a great year because I'm going to attune and align my heart and my thinking, all of my thinking, to what God wants to say about 2020. Because while we can look at all of the things that have happened in the natural in a very negative sense, and, and it's, not that doesn't, it's not that bad things haven't happened, but we can look at them in a negative sense, and if we lean into that stuff, our own heart and our own thinking will start to tank. Right? But when we uh, really just look, look to what Jesus is saying and what Jesus is doing in 2020... And have our eyes open to that. Miracles. We'll see he's been doing miracles all year long. We'll see he's exposing things that we never even knew happened or needed to be exposed in our culture. We'll see that he's been, he's like twisting the church and shaking the church to purify the church. And while some people are really freaking out about that, others are like, I've been praying for this for 25 years. <laughs> Me. <laughs> and so... And, and, so, and so it's the, it's the uh, recognizing, recognizing Jesus is always doing something. God, he said of the Father, my Father's always at his work. And, and he also said of himself, and now I'm, I, I am too. They're always working on our behalf. They're always, they never stop. And there's that great song, right? You never start working. Um, that came out just last year, this time last year, by the way. And um, this year, it's a great song to sing over this year. You never stop working. I recognize what you're doing in my life. Or if I don't, help me to. Help me to see what you're doing. Jesus demonstrated power over sin. He, dem de he demonstrated power over sickness. And he demonstrated power over um, disease. He demonstrated power over any of the natural elements because he walked on water and he multiplied food. Jesus demonstrated that he is the one who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He demonstrated that he can multiply fish and bread and feed 5,000 on one day and then feed 4,000 on another. Right? It was two, two times that miracle happened. So he demonstrated that he's got power over it all, power over all the elements, power over sin, death, sickness, disease, addiction. He's the one with all the power, all the power, all the power. None of it stands outside his ability to do something and make change for. So again, in 2020, we're finishing out the year, we're finishing out 2020. So I'm really glad that you did pray for people for financial miracles, but I, I really do want to pray at the end again on that one thing, is we're going to go after a few things, prayer, because we're going to ask for some miracles, and one of them is financial. Uh, do you know... Do you know God owns everything. God owns all the money. All the money is his. doesn't matter whose bank it's in. It <laughs> doesn't matter who, who's like spending it. It doesn't matter what house person's living in. God's still the one who created everything. We just use what he created. 
make use of it. And so he, Jesus demonstrated power over all of that. In fact, there was a fish. One time he was asked about taxes. He goes, go get a fish in the, in the, in the fish's mouth. You'll find a coin. Go pay the tax with the coin. So money is not even an issue for Jesus at all. I want to read two of the miracle stories. I'm going to read, um, I'm going to read Jesus um, calming the storm because I realize 2020 can be quite the storm. Um, and just also then talk about walking on the water because they've both got to do with the boat. They've both got to do with water. So um, I'm going to read, first of all, in John chapter 14. So if you, I'm reading the NIV, by the way, John chapter 14. And this is just a little bit before we talk about the, uh, the, the water miracles, okay? It's a bit of a setup. Jesus, sorry, Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Because this is right before Jesus is about to be killed, like a day later. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you knew me, you'd know my Father as well, and from now on you do know him and have seen him. So Jesus is saying, you've seen me, so you've seen the Father. You've seen me at work, so you've seen the miracles of the Father at work in me. And here's the thing. So I'm going to skip down now to verse 10. Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? We are in Jesus as well, right? We've been put into Jesus as well. So pay attention here because don't you know that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I don't speak on my own authority. Rather, the Father living in me is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves, the works of the miracles, okay? It's, he's talking about doing works. Now, this is very true, for us to understand as we start talking about some of the miracles. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works or will do the miracles that I have been doing. And they will do even greater miracles. Jesus is saying, they will do even greater. It's a bit stunning, right? But Jesus doesn't have an ego problem. Like, he can say that quite confidently, knowing that the same power of the Holy Spirit is on us that was in him. Because when he stood up in the synagogue and read Luke 4, he was reading Isaiah, but it was it's recorded in Luke 4, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. We've got to be able to say the same thing about us, knowing that the Spirit of God rests on us to do the same things, the same miracles, so that our life would really look like the life of Jesus in every facet including all of the miracles and all of the power that he... Because when we do that, we bring glory to the Father. We bring glory to him. Just the same way that his own life and miracles brought glory to the Father, our life does when we live a life of just going surrendered obedience. I'm going to live fully empowered by your Holy Spirit to do the same things you did, to do the same miracles that you did. Preach the same way. Live the same way. Love the same way. Right? So I'm going to read it again. I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. 13. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me anything in my name and I will do it. So we 
we have, it's, it's like more than an invitation. This is, this is more than an invitation. This is like a call to obedience, a call to discipleship, a call to live and follow the Lord and do the things that he did, love the way that he loved. It is what the discipleship life looks like when we can just be people who goes, I am called to do these same things. In Mark, there was 20 miracles recorded, 20. In, um, in uh, Matthew, there's 22, the same 20 plus two more. In, in Luke, 20 again. In John, John tells a couple of different miracles and, and some of the same ones. But that's, in Mark, it's a 16-chapter book and there's 20 miracles across 16 chapters. That's a lot of content devoted to the miracle side of who Jesus was in his ministry. And so we're not called, we're called to walk after him, look like him, follow him, be his disciples, a disciplined one. Not disciplined harshly, but disciplined as in, it's a delight. The delight of my life is to follow Jesus. The delight of my life is to live obedient. The delight of my life is to live fully empowered the same way he was to do the same things he did. I really want you to get this. He raised the dead. He saw blind eyes open. He saw people healed. Sometimes it just says Simon's mother-in-law, he just touched her and the fever, fever left. Other times he rebuked sickness or commanded it to, to leave. Right, there's different ways that he, I'm not trying to talk about all that right now, but there's different ways that he, he commanded sickness to go or people to be healed. Other times people just reached out to him, grabbed his hem of his garment. He walked with so much power of the Holy Spirit on him and we are to do the same. Yeah. It's not pride to ask that. It's not prideful to say, God, fill me and anoint me like you did Jesus. That's not prideful. In fact, it's false pride for people to say, we can't do the same things. It's false pride to say, I can't, I can't see the same miracles. That's a false pride. It's not humility at all. It takes great humility and great faith. Those two things work together. Your faith and your humility will work together to access that same anointing that Jesus walked with to do the same miracles, faith and humility. True humility, by the way, is not weak. It's not like, oh, poor, I'm like a dirty old worm. True humility is knowing who Jesus is and then seeing yourself in the light of who he is. And you'll be able to really walk and do everything that you're called to, including all the miracles and love people and touch the people in your world, whether it's with sharing the gospel with them or sharing your lunch meal because they forgot theirs, whatever it might be. But the humility, the true humility to know who you are. But as you turn up into someone's world, you turn up as if it's Jesus. You're his hands and feet. And that's the point, we're his hands and feet. So doing the same things and saying the same things that Jesus said and did is what we're called to do. That's what changes the world. His miracles, the signs, the wonders, the miracles, literally at the point when he arrived, it was the point where the kingdom of God arrived. And the kingdom came with such um, earth-shattering power and like earthquake in the spiritual sense. It was that he was only able to minister for three years before the religious people killed him. Like he, his, his life was so earth-shattering in a spiritual sense, so threatening to the politi political powers and so, and so threatening to the religious powers. All of the establishment came down. Each time he spoke, 
or did a miracle, raised someone from the dead, every time someone's ears got opened, the religious establishment and the political establishment were, were coming down. The kingdom of the enemy is destroyed the more we just step out and, and access ourselves, access the power of God to see miracles happen in our world. The kingdom of God is pushed into this world and takes great ground when we step up and go, I'm going to lay hands on the sick and keep praying until someone gets healed. Now, Todd White prayed for like six or 700 people. <laughs> That's a lot of people. <laughs> so, and, and doing it saying, I think, I think I have a word of knowledge. So that's brave, right? I have a word of knowledge. I think you have a sore shoulder. And the person goes, no, no, I don't. 800 times, 800 times he was rejected. But on, on, on one of those times after 800 times, someone goes, yeah, I do. I have a sore back or some, whatever the miracle was. And, and he laid hands on the person and literally they were healed in an instant. And that just broke the flow in him for miracles. So I'm telling his story so that we can be people who don't back down. Don't back down. Don't stop just because the first, second, 500th time didn't work. Because <laughs> Jesus works. <laughs> His gospel works. And sometimes it's just us trying again and again and again and just getting up until something happens. Like that's what pray. Like push. Push until. <laughs> what? No, oh, it was an acronym and I just forgot it. Literally thought of it. And Did I say, did I, did I say it right then? Pray. Pray until something happens. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> anyway, so I do want to read these two miracle stories that I did that I said. So Jesus calms the storm. And I picked these miracles because it's COVID 2020. <laughs> the storm of COVID. It's not a storm to Jesus at all. In fact, can I just say this? It's not a storm. Can I just say this also? I've had I've had a few people confirm this this week because I didn't want to get up here and just say something stupid that wasn't confirmed by other sources. Um, um, in 2018, two point. Who just said that? Yes, she's going after it. <laughs> so, in 2018, there were. I better read it actually. Oh yeah, because oh, I don't want to say it wrong. I did 2.84, 2.83, 2.84. Okay, so in 2018, it was 2.83 million people died in America. In 2019, it was 2.84 million. Right now, we're at the end of the year. We only have two weeks to the end of the year. And we're about 2.6 right now. A little bit more, 2.7 million. Can I say that again so, you can, so we can just drop a little harder? It's got to drop. What I'm saying is COVID has not increased the American death rate. The death rate has gone down a little bit. And they track it from year to year and they let it go up. They, they, they track it and add about 3% each year because population grows so more people die every year, right? So they just track a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Each year, it just tracks up a little bit. Well, this year, it's tracked down. So... 2018 was 2.83 million deaths. 2019 was 2.84 million deaths. And so far, with only two weeks to go to the end of the year, we're at 2.6, 2.7 million. Less than last year. I'm saying that to break fear off people. So COVID has not been the storm that the media and, the, and many politicians, not all politicians, 
it's not been the storm that we've been told. All right? I'll move on. Jesus calms the storm. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Okay, so, uh, okay, Jesus calms the storm. It's in Matthew 8, Mark 4, and Luke 8. I'm going to jump around all three a little bit. Not too much. Um, I'll read from Mark. I'll read from Mark chapter 4, verse 35. That day when evening came... That day, because he just fed like a massive crowd of 5,000 people. Anyway, so that, 4,000, 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. So leaving the crowds behind who he had just fed, miracle story, leaving the crowds behind, they took him along and just as he was in the boat, there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and... The waves broke over the boat so that the boat was being swamped. Jesus was in the stern and he was sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up and rebuked the storm and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified. <laughs> They're like, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? <laughs> who is this? We just saw a massive storm come up and there's break, like waves breaking over the boat and he just said, be quiet, and the waves just dived down perfectly glassy <laughs> water after that. I, he, he, he commanded the elements. He has authority. He had authority over the elements and he exercised that authority to display God's glory. We get to do that kind of thing. I'm not saying go out and like command the sun to like stop shining at 12 o'clock in the day. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but I am saying trust God and know that when you need a miracle, he's going to come through every single time and you're the one and the mouthpiece that he wants to use to do it. Right. right? And so if you find yourself in a storm, some of you know this story. I was in Australia last year and the fire, when the fire, fire, what do you call it? Bushfires. <laughs> it's an Australian word and I needed help. Um, <laughs> the bushfires, the bushfires were rolling into um, uh, late December, um, all through and right around where my parents lived. Town after town was just decimated, and I was there with my three kids, and they were uh, evacuating all of the towns all around about us. We're completely surrounded by State Park. It's gorgeous. Anyway, so one of the one day. The town right next to us got door knocked. The firemen and the police, you got to evacuate. The town is going. And they came to our town and said, you guys get the choice because you have the ability to evacuate to the beach because we're right on a beach. You can evacuate to the beach if the fire comes into the town. Otherwise, you've got to go because to the next town like 40 miles away. And um, so this was really serious fire. Is like, I don't know how many millions, so I won't try and quote that. A lot of millions and millions of homes and houses and things were lost, um, including you know, so much wildlife, like millions of wildlife were killed. The bushfires were bad. Um, so we're there and the day comes and I go to go get supplies because my dad decides to stay in the house um, and hunker down and just get supplies. I go to go get supplies and I'm with my trolley, shopping cart, in front of the water as the first thing, right? Water for three days. You need three days worth of supplies in a bushfire. Holy Spirit just said, what are you doing here? I said, I'm getting water. You know, I'm getting water. 
I'm standing in front of it, and you're God, and you can see that. Because <laughs> he's funny. He's funny. You can have in jokes with him. And, and anyway, so he just literally said to me, you need to put the, sh- the shopping cart away and go back home. You're going to be fine. The town is going to be fine. So I did. And then got back to my dad and went, oh, we're going to be good. We've got enough supplies. <laughs> I lied. <laughs> I lied. That's not very Jesus-like, is it? <laughs> so, anyway, um, that evening came and, and, and a storm, this, this, the fire storm did come up. It came up pretty bad. And it, has, it creates its own weather storm, a fire does. And it, it's wet even. There can be rain in it and the wind is really high. Dust is being thrown around. Ash and pieces like from 100 miles away is being blown to you. Ash and dust and every kind of bit of things on fire is just moving sideways past our house. And um, it's seven o'clock, but it's summertime in Australia, so it's bright, it's like bright as day almost. But it just got really dark and orange, the sky goes grey orange. And I'm standing there with a hose pointed at the house, <laughs> literally, because my dad wanted me to. And uh, so me and him are like, oh, okay, we're ready. <laughs> so I'm laughing, I shouldn't be laughing because it was serious, right? I'm laughing because of the goodness of God. God had already so made it very clear to me we were going to be completely fine. So I didn't have a worry at all. I was like, I think we're going to be, he's not a believer. So I couldn't really start talking to him a lot about, actually, God gave me a word and we're going to be fine. The town is going to be fine. (laughs) He's like, he'd want to put me in a mental home if I told him some of the stuff. But anyway, so we're there with our hoses and Liam, who's my son right here, was there and Jai, he had his hose and they've got hose, all of four of us, and a good 10 minutes of the storm is just blowing past us. It's blowing like um, yard furniture is going sideways, right? It's heavy wind. And then it just stopped, just went, stop. It's like, it's like all of the energy stopped. And it went completely still. All of the smoke went, and the stars all, it's incredible stars down there. So all of the stars came out. It was the clearest, most bright, beautiful night. And my dad, He's not a believer. He goes, I guess we can go back inside then, can we? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess we can. God did it. You don't believe me, <laughs> but God did it. And um, what happened was, and this was a miracle, right? What happened was the fires did come to the edge of our town and then they blew back away and went to the town where everyone else had evacuated to. That's nuts, right? Isn't that nuts? But that is how God works. And people, by the way, didn't die. So don't be like, God sent fire to them and he killed them. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. They were safe. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, and so, and so that happened. And I, I was back here then in January, knowing that God has said, the fire will not come. I'm going to stop it at your town and your town will be fine. There's a very strong word that I had to just trust him on. And we did. And he... He proved himself faithful again because when he says something, he really does do it, right? He's faithful. So I get back here the middle of January and start hearing about China, Wuhan, coronavirus. And I I actually always watch China. I have been for years and years because I just love the country and the people there. Actually, it's the underground church that I I pray for and am for. And, um, oh, I'll cry. We'll pray for them after. So, so um, the, the um, coronavirus news is making its way into media and starting to increase week after week after week. It's just increasing. And I was praying, Lord, what do we do? What does our church do? 
um, you know, people are saying some pretty bad things. And he said this, within two weeks of me getting back into America after the miracle protection of, understand in Australia, whole towns had been completely wiped off the map and our town was saved. And it was like bizarre, right? And so a miracle, it was a miracle. And so I'm here two weeks later, the coronavirus news breaks and, and the Lord said to me, your church will be fine. You will be fine. That was all he said. That was enough. And that was enough. Because he'd already said from the fire, I'll protect you. You'll be fine. I didn't need more than that. It's just that one word, one phrase, two phrases even from the Lord is enough, right? You can trust him. Take him at his word. Trust him. And so nobody in our church has been sick with COVID at all. Amen. Clap. <laughs> and I don't say that to show off. It's not that at all because that would be the absolute wrong attitude if I was to do that. That, that would, I think God would be like, okay, you're going to get it tomorrow then. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but, uh, but understand, underst- oh, I'll cry again, because uh, understand, it is, it is um, his great gro- glory presence, his strong protection over us. And it's not to say that other people don't have it. I'm not saying that we're not better than, we're not, right? But if you are someone who just decides with your life, I'm going to live devoted I am going to live dedicated to follow this one Jesus. I am going to give everything I have, everything I have, my last breath in my lungs will be lived, giving him glory and honor and honoring him, obeying him. And even if it means I'm doing it because I'm in jail because I'm still running church during COVID, I'm ready for that. He's worth it. He is worth it. He is good. He is good. He doesn't stop being good. Just because bad things happen, he doesn't stop being good. What kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? So Jesus, you know, and a, a lot of you will know this because it's been it's preached all the time. He was asleep in the boat. He wasn't worried, right? But he actually wants that to be our attitude. He wants us to be so trusting in him that we could be asleep next to him on the cushion, not, don't, not worrying about what other people are doing in the boat. If they're like, wind and the waves, you can be asleep right next to him with your head on the same cushion <laughs> because you know who he is. Who, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? I'm with him. I'm going to be sleeping. If he's sleeping, I'm going to be sleeping. If he's not worried or concerned, I'm not going to be worried or concerned. I'm going to just read one quick miracle, one more quick miracle. And Jesus walked on the water. I'm going to read from Mark as well, okay? Um, Mark chapter 6, verse 45. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. By the way, it was after another miracle. Um, feeding, feeding the 4,000. Or the 5,000. It happened twice. <laughs> um, okay, verse, verse 47. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake. Jesus was alone on the land, but he saw the disciples 
straining at the oars. By the way, this was probably five kilometres or five miles away because another one of the translate, another one of the, uh, um, actually in John chapter six, it says it was about four or five miles away. So he's up on a mountain praying and he can see <laughs> six miles at night time <laughs> that they're straining at the oars. I actually think that was he saw in the spirit, right? That's, I mean, you don't see six miles away. That was him seeing in the spirit, which we can do. Just ask him, show me, open my eyes in the spirit realm. I want to see things. I'll pray for you because I do, so I know I can impart it, right? Okay, so uh, verse 48. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. Now listen, he was about to pass by them. Oh, is he about to pass by them? They're like straining at the oars. It said that he saw him, that he saw them up on the mountain. He saw them and he goes out to them, but he was about to pass by them. Do you remember we read? Moses was put into the cleft of the rock and God covered his hand and said that the glory could pass by. Like the glory, it's about his glory. It's always about his glory. It's always about his glory. So he was about to pass by them, not for lack of care, not for that you can keep straining at those oars. It was, I'm going to display my glory now. And then Peter, if you jump down to, um, jump, oh, actually I'm going to jump over to John chapter 6. Uh, sorry, no, I'll read it in Matthew. I have them all here. Sorry, people, I'm cheating. <laughs> I'm not cheating. It's scripture. <laughs> I'm not cheating, right? Matthew 14 uh, is that where it talks about where Peter. Peter said, okay, Lord, if that is really you, because they're, they're recognizing that it's Jesus, if that's really you, tell me to come out to meet you. So it's not just Jesus who got to walk on the water is why I want to just add this little piece from Matthew. Peter jumped right on that water too and started walking out on the water. And Peter is a man, so it wasn't God now, it was Peter who was a man who was walking on the water. So Peter displayed that a person who loves the Lord and can obediently walk with the Lord can have the same type of miracles happen in their life. He walked on the water and that was like universe bending laws, right? He's literally bending the universal laws of you sink when you get into the water and he's walking on top of it, it was Peter, until... He took his eyes off Jesus and then started noticing, uh-oh, um, um, I shouldn't be doing this, and got scared and started to sink. And that's the thing, isn't it? Scared, looking at circumstances, COVID's been a bad year. And he had to just reach up for Jesus again who pulled him up again and helped him to walk on water again. So, actually, I really want to stop talking about scripture and stuff for now. Here's the thing is, read your Bible, because <laughs> it's, it's full of miracles. It's full of miracles, and every time is miracle provision, or it was deliverance. Like, Old Testament, it's all about delivering God's people. New Testament, it's about delivering the individual a lot, all right? And so, or there's miracle of healing for physical bodies, um, or provision of food. By the way, Mark chapter 16 says that you'll drink deadly poisons and they won't harm you. So don't be afraid if forced vaccination comes. Amen? 
Amen. I don't want it. I won't get it. But if they, for some reason, sit me down and pin me down and no, stick it in, <laughs> I'll be quoting that verse. You can drink deadly poisons and they will not hurt you. Because God's word is what is true. It is eternal. This world is not. So we're going to pray, okay? We're going to pray. So I'm going to do this. So if you, if you need a... I know we've prayed already, but, I, but I, I wanted to do this. If you need a physical healing... Stick your hand up in the air. And mine is up in the air because I do. And anyone around them, stick your hand on the shoulder. Just lean over. Put your hand on someone. We're just, you're going to pray. So he's the God of miracles. He bends the universe. The laws change. Universal laws, gravity changes. Water composition changes so you can walk on it. So Jesus, right now we are going after miracles for healing right now. Miracles for healing. So I pray right now for healing in lungs, lungs, breathe, breathe, breathe lungs now, breathe in Jesus' name. I pray for hearts and other bodily organs. I pray for backs and necks and knees and physical bodies. I pray for bones and joints and tendons and muscles to do their job. We command healing to come into physical bodies right now in Jesus' name. We command you bodies to come into alignment with who you are, Jesus. And then also the inner healing type healings. If people are dealing with addiction right now, I just break that off, people, in Jesus' name. We say no more addiction no more addiction you will not be ruled by the thing that has kept you bound in Jesus name we just pray that that would be completely broken off people right now I pray any kind of addiction right because it's you we can think about substances but sometimes it can be something as small as social media so Jesus we will not have any other addictions but you you are who we were created to be addicted to Amen. So now, if you, have, if you have family or friends that you've been praying for their salvation, stick your hand up in the air. So we're gonna, I think probably everyone, right? <laughs> Jesus, we're asking the miracle of salvation upon the people, the friends, our family members, our neighbours, our work people, people that we've been uh, praying for, sometimes a short time, sometimes decades. I've got decades for some people. Jesus, we are praying for the miracle of salvation to come upon those people's homes and their hearts today in Jesus' name and praying that you would go after their hearts and that you would encounter them, Father. We have heard about the miracles of the man in white turning up in the Muslim nations and you have saved more than a million Muslims have come to Jesus because you turned up in their dreams and turned up really in their room is the man in white. God, do it in America. Do it in America. We ask, Father, that you would break open the walls that have kept them closed. God, anything that has bound our friends, our neighbours, and people that we love, anything that's kept them bound, break it off their lives in Jesus' name. We just silence every demon that would be stopping that to come to their life. We silence everyone and bind every one of the demons that has blocked the word of the Lord into their hearts and pray for open heaven over their hearts and declare the Lord Jesus Christ over their lives, over their homes, over their families. In Jesus' name. Okay, so we're also going to do, if you, if you are a business owner or you are an employee of a business that is struggling right now because of COVID, just put your hand up or people are standing up, do whatever, but just let, let it be known that you need to get prayed for. <laughs> so... All right, someone put your hand on those people. So if, if your job is at risk or your business is at risk, just put your hand up. 
Jesus, we right now ask that you'd release finances to these people's lives, to their employers and to their business owners. In this city, Father, we pray for creative, strategic ways to be able to get more money to keep the businesses afloat, but not just afloat. I pray, God, 2020 is the year of double redemption. So I pray that you'd redeem what the enemy has stolen this year in this city, that you'd redeem everything that the enemy's tried to steal from people this year. I pray, Father God, that you would break open heaven's bank account and make finances flood into this business here too, Chef by Design right here. God, keep these businesses and these families afloat in Jesus' name, but not just afloat. God, I pray for the overflow. I pray for the blessing. I pray Christmas would be done and easy for people in Jesus' mighty name. We pray for the flowing of finances into this city as well, that this city, because you say where a church is in a city, the city's made better by the people who live in it. And so we pray for this city, Father God, that it would be marked by great, great economic growth when the enemy has tried to put the screws down on this city, the enemy agenda, we break it in Jesus' name. Every enemy assignment against businesses, we break in Jesus' name and pray, God, that you would raise a standard over this city and over even this nation in Jesus' name. All week, I've very much been knowing that I've just got to talk about miracles. And um, what's really funny is Wonder, we did the song Wonder. I didn't know we were really thinking about doing that. I think probably if I'd paid attention on Tuesday, I might have, but we do worship practice. And But the other thing is I was really talking about is that really what more miracles do. And from the Gospel of John, we know this is that um, the miracles that Jesus did was to display his glory. That's it. It's the, the main reason. Display his glory and everything, all of the miracles then in the display of his glory would point to Jesus and so that faith would be raised, raised in people's hearts and people would become aware of who he is and, and have more, each time a new miracle was done, it was more opportunity just to fall more in love with this one and discover more of who he is and understand who he is as far as the identity of the son of God, ruler of the world, king of heaven, creator, creator of everything we see. He fills everything in every way, right? And so he, he's, he's God. And so all of the miracles were just continually just pointing to who he is and faith in him and his identity. And um, so that's what I wanted to talk about a little bit today. I'm going to pray just before we do get started. But I find it really funny that we're talking about this, the bit of prophetic song and for those of you that maybe are new to us, um, we sing some songs that you'll know and you'll be able to catch, but other times we just start singing some prophetic pieces of phrases that we've just, the worship, you know, the singers here have caught in the spirit and they just run with that and just keep declaring the prophetic thing that they're singing in that moment. It's a really important part of what we do in worship is we're, we're prophetic people. So we're all supposed to be very able to capture what God is saying and doing at any time, right? His thoughts to you, there's thousands of them all the time. And so our ability just to tune in and hear his voice and respond to what he's saying, and even in the prophetic moments when we're playing here, the worship. So if you're like, the words have disappeared off the screen, it's often just because we're just singing something very prophetic. So tune in and repeat with you, add your voice and decree that part of that song and today it was on glory <laughs> so I was like oh I'm talking about miracles and glory that's pretty great God he's really smart when we just follow him and look smart then right <laughs> so, so I'm gonna pray and um, 
And uh, actually, we just bless the kids too before we get started. God, just bless the kids here, all of those kids. I pray that they would grow to love you. I pray that they would discover who you are, that in this place they would, they would encounter you and discover you as the real God, the one true king. And even though kids are crying, we're good with this, God. You are always good with it, Jesus. All of the kids were welcome to you. So we say they're welcome. We say they're so welcome. If you're the parent of a kid who is crying, your child is welcome and you are welcome. <laughs> right in Jesus name it's what Jesus was about let the kids come to me he was so welcoming of everybody it doesn't matter what their age was it didn't matter how they turned up into Jesus' life they were all welcome so the kid that's crying is not a distraction to us we're just going to keep worshiping amen right we're not going to be distracted by that we're just going to go bless that child God right bless the mum bless the dad amen okay so um I want to talk about miracles, but what I'm going to do first of all is, oh, pray. I was going to pray for us. <laughs> I prayed for the kids. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to cry. So, because um, that word that was just brought about honor, I felt that in the room. So, honor, honor is glory. It's the same word in the Greek. It's doxa. The same Greek word whenever you read in your New Testament. For the Greek word is doxa, so sometimes it's translated as glory, sometimes it's translated as honour. And what it means is if I just stand here and give someone honour, I'm also giving them a bit of glory. I'm giving away presence of God because that's what glo his glory is, his strong glory presence. And so you can feel honour between people. And Jesus said, where two or more are gathered, there am I, in the midst, because his presence is there. Ah, oh, see, I'm tripping over stuff already. Ah. Oh. Clayton's saying, just leave it, but he's not going to be the one that's going to eat it in front of you all. <laughs> so so, so honour, just the giving away of honour to someone, you're valuing them and giving them, giving them, like, in, bringing them into a place of presence and glory with God, right? So honour is in the room. And so when honour, you can feel the presence of God and then I just don't stop crying. So if I start here crying here while I'm preaching, I don't care. I'll just keep preaching. Or, or go really quiet and just wait on God. Because this is what it's about. So I'm going to pray again, right? Lord, thank you. You've given me a lot here. But I really want to communicate what you want communicated. Um, I just, right now, just give my lips and my heart over to you, Jesus, the beautiful one. That you would that you would be honored through our lives is our prayer our prayer is that you, Jesus would receive all of the worship and all of the honor from us that every breath breathed out of our lungs would be breathed out to worship you and bring glory to your name God we love you and even the, even gathered here today father I thank you for the people that gathered in this room today who will obey Jesus Christ and not man and so father we we, we dedicate ourselves to living lives we devote ourselves to living to honor you with every breath of our lives every beat every heartbeat I pray would be one that's just honoring to you and giving you back the the praise and the glory and the thanks that's worthy of your name only in Jesus name so um okay <sighs> crying already um I I'd like to know because and this is not this is not to if it's, if you have not if this not happened with you it's not a bad thing to not put your hand up okay but I think in the room a lot of hands will go up and, and I want people to understand that it's important who has been the recipient of a miracle or seen a miracle stick your hand up and so okay that's a lot of hands right so and I'm gonna say so I'm gonna say for those of you that didn't raise your hands 
What you would not realize is that all through your life, there will have been things that God has just done for you and steered you and, and, and shown you and you just right now have not recognized it as miracle. So, so really, really I could ask that. Sorry, I pressed the button. <laughs> Turn that around, sound people. <laughs> so, don't press the off button while you're preaching. <laughs> anyway, um, all, of, all of our life, God is just constantly going after our heart, relentlessly going after our heart and showing up in our lives in ways that sometimes we see and we're aware of and other times we just don't. We bump into him and go, oh my gosh, you were there all the time doing that. And um, so a lot of the, the hands went up in the room, um, but I guarantee you, even if your hand didn't go up, I guarantee you there's been a miracle in your life. Somehow, somewhere, God has done something to reach you, to do something for you, to help you. And the reason he's done that is because he just loves you. <laughs> he loves you. He loves you. And it's a miracle. All a miracle is, is a supernatural occurrence. God has done something. There's been something divinely brought into your life. By God himself or an angel, because he uses angels for that, that has just helped you in some way. It doesn't matter what it is. could be big, could be small, could be, could be any kind of thing. Um, the miracles of Jesus, the miracles, so, so actually I'll start reading some scripture first. I'm looking first of all. Because here's about glory, okay? So Exodus 33, and I'm reading from the NIV. Exodus 33. And by the way, this is quite, um, quite significant even for our church. By the way, we're three years old this week. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. So, anyway. um, <laughs> that's significant too, by the way. <laughs> three years of planting and sowing. Anyway, not what I'm talking about. Um, I'm reading from Exodus 33. I'm going to read from this. Uh, Verse 12, and it's a little subtitle there. Some of the Bibles have Moses and the glory of, of the Lord. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, then teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. He's talking about the Israel Israelites. But you know what? America, we're his nation too. All the nations are his nations. And he, he loves this nation. So remember, God, that this is your nation. Verse 14. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. This is Old Testament. He's promising to Moses, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Now, we're in the New Testament, in the New Covenant. How much more presence do we have? How much more rest do we have? It's a better promise, a better covenant. There's a greater increase in availability of God made available to every single person, not just a few handful of leaders in the Old Testament. Now, it's every person's place is rest and presence. Amen? And so, verse um, 15, I'm going to go. If, and this is, this is it, this is one of our key verses, if your presence does not go with us. Do not send us up from here. How will anyone know you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me from your people and from all of the other people on the face of the earth? And that is the presence of God, by the way, which comes with great, great miracles and astounding wonders and signs and a supernatural life, right? That distinguishes us. 
the Spirit's presence on us, the Holy Spirit with us, in you, on you, in you to bless you, on you, so that you are empowered to go and love others and show others who Jesus is by doing the same things Jesus did, which includes miracles, signs, wonders. Amen? Okay, verse, where am I up to? So, thanks. <laughs> People paying attention. <laughs> I like that. Um, the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. And I want to say, God is pleased with you. Like God is pleased with you. You don't have to earn this. So God wants to show himself to you because he's pleased with you. He delights in you. He delights for him to show himself to you and for you to be astounded and amazed at his beauty and his great grace and his love for you and the supernatural things that he does around you and about you for your life, the way he speaks to you. He takes the initiative of that stuff to make himself known supernaturally like that because he's so pleased with you. You're like the apple of his eye, like great delight in you. We can't earn this. It's just freely given. He just loves us, right? Verse 18, Moses then said, now show me your glory. That's what we were singing earlier and they didn't know that I was going to say this verse. Show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy and I'll have compassion on whom I have compassion. But he said to Moses, God said to Moses, you cannot see my face nor may anyone see it and live. By the way, again, I just want to explain too, that is Old Testament too. And even in the Old Testament, there are times when people did see the face of God. So I'm going to context that a little bit because it's, it's true. It's, but there's, God also gives us a purity and makes us so righteous. So what would have killed us by being in his presence, what would have killed us by seeing his face now because we've got the blood of Jesus has completely washed us clean, free of sin. Nothing we've done to earn that. We can stand so free in his presence and look at the face of Jesus now. Amen? That's a miracle. You have been made righteous, fully cleaned. Not because of anything you've done or can do yourself. He has given you his righteousness. And so when God looks at you, he looks at you through the filter of his son, Jesus Christ, who was perfect and knew no sin, did not sin at all. And so God sees you as perfect as if you were Jesus himself. That's a miracle. That's a miracle because everything that we've ever done has been completely cleansed and washed away. We are so incredibly free. Okay, now this is... We're going to link this back to the New Testament just a minute. So verse, verse, mercy, where am I up to? Someone else help me again. <laughs> 21. Thanks. <laughs> um, then the Lord said, and this is, this is for us, right? There is a place near me. There's a place near me where you may stand on a rock. The rock is Jesus. When we stand on Jesus... We stand on the foundation that is Jesus, the firm foundation that cannot be shaken. That's the place we're invited into with nearness with Jesus. So God said to Moses, there's a place near me where you may stand on a rock. And when my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand. It's protection. 
so much protection from God. Now, I use that scripture just to lead into the other things because it's a promise to Moses, by the way, because we're continuists. What was, what was the blessings, what was promised to Moses, what was given, we walk into and inherit that as well as believers now in the new covenant. We walk into the same blessings and the same um, actually greater access to God now than they even had. But we walk into that same thing. And so even the Old Testament miracle stories, they can become ours. And we read those stories and speak them aloud and talk about them because those testimonies can become our testimonies when we need miracles. We can lean back on the Old Testament miracles and go, God, you parted the Red Sea. <laughs> you blew it open with the east wind and they walked through on dry ground. You protected those people that you brought up out of Egypt and that was an incredible miracle, right? But in the New Testament, is I want to turn now to Jesus, okay? Because here's the thing is, Moses was told, if you stand on the rock, there's the place. That's the place of protection. That's the place where you can stand and I'll hide. My, I will protect you by even putting my, my hand over you so that my glory power, my presence won't kill you. Right, that was what that was about. But stand on the rock. <laughs> in the New Testament, now Jesus is the rock. He has the rock that, that we stand on. And we don't need the protection of God's hand. We can enter right in now to presence because of what Jesus did. Now, 2020 has been a uh, great year. I'm going to say a great year. And I know it hasn't been great in every aspect and over everything and the people here could be struggling financially and with work or, you know, my, I've got family, family issues. Um, for some of my family in Australia, I love them dearly, but, you know, we, we um, I know it's been, there's some difficulties that's been happened in, in some people's lives, but I am going to say 2020 has been a great year because I'm going to attune and align my heart and my thinking, all of my thinking, to what God wants to say about 2020. Because while we can look at all of the things that have happened in the natural in a very negative sense, and, and it's, not that doesn't, it's not that bad things haven't happened, but we can look at them in a negative sense, and if we lean into that stuff, our own heart and our own thinking will start to tank. Right? But when we uh, really just look, look to what Jesus is saying and what Jesus is doing in 2020... And have our eyes open to that. Miracles. We'll see he's been doing miracles all year long. We'll see he's exposing things that we never even knew happened or needed to be exposed in our culture. We'll see that he's been, he's like twisting the church and shaking the church to purify the church. And while some people are really freaking out about that, others are like, I've been praying for this for 25 years. <laughs> Me. <laughs> and so... And, and, so, and so it's the, it's the uh, recognizing, recognizing Jesus is always doing something. God, he said of the Father, my Father's always at his work. And, and he also said of himself, and now I'm, I, I am too. They're always working on our behalf. They're always, they never stop. And there's that great song, right? You never start working. Um, that came out just last year, this time last year, by the way. And um, this year, it's a great song to sing over this year. You never stop working. I recognize what you're doing in my life. Or if I don't, help me to. Help me to see what you're doing. Jesus demonstrated power over sin. He, dem he demonstrated power over sickness. He demonstrated power over um, disease. He demonstrated power over any of the natural elements because he walked on water and he multiplied food. Jesus demonstrated that he is the one who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
He demonstrated that he can multiply fish and bread and feed 5,000 on one day and then feed 4,000 on another. Right? It was two, two times that miracle happened. So he demonstrated that he's got power over it all, power over all the elements, power over sin, death, sickness, disease, addiction. He's the one with all the power, all the power, all the power. None of it stands outside his ability to do something and make change for. So again, in 2020, we're finishing out the year, we're finishing out 2020. So I'm really glad that you did pray for people for financial miracles, but I I really do want to pray at the end again on that one thing, is we're going to go after a few things, prayer, because we're going to ask for some miracles, and one of them is financial. Uh, do you know? Do you know? God owns everything. God owns all the money. All the money is His. Doesn't matter whose bank it's in. <laughs> it doesn't matter who, who's like spending it. Doesn't matter what house person is living in. God's still the one who created everything. We just use what He created, and make use of it. And so He, Jesus, demonstrated power over all of that. In fact, there was a fish one time. He was asked about taxes. He goes, "Go get a fish in the in the in the fish's mouth. You'll find a coin. Go pay the tax with the coin." So money is not even an issue for Jesus at all. I want to read two of the miracle stories. I'm going to read. Um, I'm going to read Jesus um, calming the storm, because I realise 2020 can be quite a storm. Um, and just also then talk about walking on the water because they both got to do with a the boat. They both got to do with water. So um, I'm going to read first of all in John chapter 14. I'm reading the NIV, by the way. John chapter 14. And this is just a little bit before we talk about the, uh, the, the water miracles, okay? It's a bit of a setup. Jesus, sorry, Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Because this is right before Jesus is about to be killed, like a day later. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you knew me, you'd know my Father as well, and from now on you do know him and have seen him. So Jesus is saying, you've seen me, so you've seen the Father. You've seen me at work, so you've seen the miracles of the Father at work in me. And here's the thing. So I'm going to skip down now to verse 10. Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? We are in Jesus as well, right? We've been put into Jesus as well. So pay attention here because don't you know that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I don't speak on my own authority. Rather, the Father living in me is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves, the works of the miracles, okay? He's talking about doing works. Now, this is very true, us to understand as we start talking about some of the miracles. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works or will do the miracles that I have been doing, and they will do even greater miracles. Jesus is saying, they will do even greater. It's a bit stunning, right? But Jesus doesn't have an ego problem. 
Like he can say that quite confidently, knowing that the same power of the Holy Spirit is on us that was in him. Because when he stood up in the synagogue and read Luke 4, he was reading Isaiah, but it was it's recorded in Luke 4, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. We've got to be able to say the same thing about us, knowing that the Spirit of God rests on us to do the same things, the same miracles, so that our life would really look like the life of Jesus in every facet including all of the miracles and all of the power that he, because when we do that, we bring glory to the Father. We bring glory to him, just the same way that his own life and miracles brought glory to the Father, our life does when we live a life of just going surrendered obedience. I'm going to live fully empowered by your Holy Spirit to do the same things you did, to do the same miracles that you did. Preach the same way, live the same way, love the same way, right? So I'm going to read it again. I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. 13. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me anything in my name and I will do it. So we, we have... It's, it's like more than an invitation. This is, this is more than an invitation. This is like a call to obedience, a call to discipleship, a call to live and follow the Lord and do the things that he did, love the way that he loved. It is what the discipleship life looks like when we can just be people who goes, I am called to do these same things. In Mark, there was 20 miracles recorded, 20. In, um, in uh, Matthew, there's 22, the same 20 plus two more. In, in Luke 20 again. In John, John tells a couple of different miracles and, and some of the same ones. But that's, in Mark, it's a 16-chapter book and there's 20 miracles across 16 chapters. That's a lot of content devoted to the miracle side of who Jesus was in his ministry. And so we're not called, we're called to walk after him, look like him, follow him, be his disciples, a disciplined one. Not disciplined harshly, but disciplined as in it's a delight. The delight of my life is to follow Jesus. The delight of my life is to live obedient. The delight of my life is to live fully empowered the same way he was to do the same things he did. I really want you to get this. He raised the dead. He saw blind eyes open. He saw people healed. Sometimes it just says that Simon's mother-in-law, he just touched her and the fever, fever left other times he rebuked sickness or commanded it to, to leave. Right, there's different ways that he, I'm not trying to talk about all that right now, but there's different ways that he, he commanded sickness to go or people to be healed. Other times people just reached out to him, grabbed his hem of his garment. He walked with so much power of the Holy Spirit on him and we are to do the same. Yeah. It's not pride to ask that. It's not prideful to say, God, fill me and anoint me like you did Jesus. That's not prideful. In fact, it's false pride for people to say, we can't do the same things. It's false pride to say, I can't, I can't see the same miracles. That's a false pride. It's not humility at all. It takes great humility and great faith. Those two things work together. Your faith and your humility will work together to access that same anointing that Jesus walked with to do the same miracles. Faith and humility. True humility, by the way, is not weak. It's not like, oh, poor, I'm like a dirty old worm. True humility is knowing who Jesus is and then seeing yourself 
in the light of who he is. And you'll be able to really walk and do everything that you're called to, including all the miracles and love people and touch the people in your world, whether it's with sharing the gospel with them or sharing your lunch meal because they forgot theirs, whatever it might be. But the humility, the true humility to know who you are. But as you turn up into someone's world, you turn up as if it's Jesus. You're his hands and feet. And that's the point, we're his hands and feet. So doing the same things and saying the same things that Jesus said and did is what we're called to do. That's what changes the world. His miracles, the signs, the wonders, the miracles, literally at the point when he arrived, it was the point where the kingdom of God arrived. And the kingdom came with such um, earth-shattering power and like earthquake in the spiritual sense. It was, he was only able to minister for three years before the religious people killed him. Like he, his, his life was so earth-shattering in a spiritual sense, so threatening to the politi- political powers and so, and so threatening to the religious powers. All of the establishment came down. Each time he spoke or did a miracle, raised someone from the dead, every time someone's ears got opened, the religious establishment and the political establishment were, were coming down. The kingdom of the enemy is destroyed the more we just step out and, and access ourselves, access the power of God to see miracles happen in our world. The kingdom of God is pushed into this world and takes great ground when we step up and go, I'm going to lay hands on the sick and keep praying until someone gets healed. Now, Todd White prayed for like six or 700 people. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a lot of people. <laughs> so, and, and doing it saying, I think, I think I have a word of knowledge. So that's brave, right? I have a word of knowledge. I think you have a sore shoulder. And the person goes, no, no, I don't. 800 times, 800 times he was rejected. But on, on, on one of those times, after 800 times, someone goes, yeah, I do. I have a sore back, or something, whatever the miracle was. And, and he laid hands on the person, and literally they were healed in an instant. And that just broke the flow in him for miracles. So I'm telling his story so that we can be people who don't back down. Don't back down. Don't stop just because the first, second 500th time didn't work because <laughs> Jesus works <laughs> his gospel works and sometimes it's just us trying again and again and again and just getting up until something happens like that's what pray like push push until <laughs> what no, uh, oh, it was an acronym and I just forgot it literally thought of it and did I say did I, uh, did I say it right then pray pray until something happens <laughs> move on <laughs> Anyway, so I do want to read these two miracle stories that I did that I said. So Jesus calms the storm, and I picked these miracles because it's COVID 2020, <laughs> the storm of COVID. It's not a storm to Jesus at all. In fact, can I just say this? It's not a storm. Can I just say this also? I've had I've had a few people confirm this this week because I didn't want to get a hop here and just say something stupid that wasn't confirmed by other sources. Um, um, in 2018. Two point, who just said that? Yes, she's going after it. (laughs) So, in 2018, there were, I better read it actually. Oh, yeah, because I don't want to say it wrong. I did 2.84, 2.83, 2.84. Okay, so in 2018, it was 2.83 million people died in America. In 2019, it was 2.84 million Right now, we're at the end of the year. We only have two weeks to the end of the year. We're about 
2.6 right now. A little bit more, 2.7 million. Can I say that again so you can, so we can just drop a little harder? It's got to drop. What I'm saying is COVID has not increased the American death rate. The death rate has gone down a little bit. And they track it from year to year and they let it go up. They, they, they track it and add about 3% each year because population grows so more people die every year, right? So they just track a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Each year, it just tracks up a little bit. Well, this year, it's tracked down. So 2018 was 2.83 million deaths. 2019 was 2.84 million deaths. And so far, with only two weeks to go to the end of the year, we're at 2.6, 2.7 million. Less than last year. I'm saying that to break fear off people. So COVID has not been the storm that the media and, the, and many politicians, not all politicians, the, it's not been the storm that we've been told. Right? I'll move on. Jesus calms the storm. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Okay, so, uh, okay, Jesus calms the storm. It's in Matthew 8, Mark 4, and Luke 8. I'm going to jump around all three a little bit. Not too much. Um, I'll read from Mark. I'll read from Mark chapter 4, uh, 35, verse 35. That day when evening came, that day, because he just fed like a massive crowd of 5,000 people. Anyway, so that, 4,000, 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. So leaving the crowds behind who he had just fed, miracle story, leaving the crowds behind, they took him along and just as he was in the boat, there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that the boat was being swamped. Jesus was in the stern and he was sleeping on a cushion and the disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up and rebuked the storm and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified. <laughs> They're like, Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? <laughs> Who is this? We just saw a massive storm come up and there's break, like waves breaking over the boat and he just said, be quiet, and the waves just dived down perfectly glassy water after that. Uh, he, he, he commanded the elements. He has authority. He had authority over the elements and he exercised that authority to display God's glory. We get to do that kind of thing. I'm not saying go out and like command the sun to like stop shining at 12 o'clock in the day. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but I am saying trust God and know that when you need a miracle, he's going to come through every single time and you're the one and the mouthpiece that he wants to use to do it. Right. right? And so if you find yourself in a storm, some of you know this story. I was in Australia last year and the fire, when the fire, fire, what do you call it? Bushfires. <laughs> it's an Australian word and I needed help. Um, <laughs> The bushfires, the bushfires were rolling into um, uh, late December 
um, all through and right around where my parents lived, town after town was just decimated. And I was there with my three kids and they were uh, evacuating all of the towns all around about us. We're completely surrounded by State Park. It's gorgeous. Anyway, so one, of the, one day, the town right next to us got door knocked. The firemen and the police, you've got to evacu evacuate. The town is going. And they came to our town and said, you guys get the choice because you have the ability to evacuate to the beach because we're right on a beach. You can evacuate to the beach if the fire comes into the town. Otherwise, you've got to go because to the next town like 40 miles away. And um, so this was really serious fire. Is like, I don't know how many millions, so I won't try and quote that. A lot of millions and millions of homes and houses and things were lost, um, including you know, so much wildlife, like millions of wildlife were killed. The bushfires were bad. Um, so we're there and the day comes and I go to go get supplies because my dad decides to stay in the house um, and hunker down and just get supplies. I go to go get supplies and I'm with my trolley shopping cart in front of the water as the first thing, right? Water for three days. You need three days worth of supplies in a bushfire. Holy Spirit just said, what are you doing here? I said, I'm getting water. You know, I'm getting water. I'm standing in front of it. And you're God, and you can see that. Because <laughs> he's funny. He's funny. You can have in jokes with him. And, and anyway, so he just literally said to me, you need to put the, the shopping cart away and go back home. You're going to be fine. The town is going to be fine. So I did. And then got back to my dad and went, oh, we're going to be good. We've got enough supplies. <laughs> I lied. <laughs> I lied. <laughs> That's not very Jesus-like, is it? <laughs> so, anyway, um, that evening came and, and, and a storm, this, this, the fire storm did come up. It came up pretty bad. And it, has, it creates its own weather storm, a fire does. And it, it's wet even. There can be rain in it and the wind is really high. Dust is being thrown around. Ash and pieces like from 100 miles away is being blown to you. Ash and dust and every kind of bit of things on fire is just moving sideways past our house. And um, it's 7 o'clock, but it's summertime in Australia, so it's bright. It's like bright as day almost. But it just got really dark and orange. The sky goes grey-orange. And I'm standing there with a hose pointed at the house. <laughs> Literally, because my dad wanted me to. And uh, so me and him are like, oh, okay, we're ready. <laughs> so I'm laughing. I shouldn't be laughing because it was serious, right? I'm laughing because of the goodness of God. God had already so made it very clear to me we were going to be completely fine. So I didn't have a worry at all. I was like, I think we're going to be, he's not a believer. So I couldn't really start talking to him a lot about, actually, God gave me a word and we're going to be fine. The town is going to be fine. <laughs> so he's like, he'd want to put me in a mental home if I told him some of the stuff. But anyway, so we're there with our hoses and Liam, who's my son right here, was there and Jai, he had his hose and they've got hose, all of four of us, and a good 10 minutes of the storm is just blowing past us. It's blowing like um, yard furniture is going sideways, right? It's heavy wind. And then it just stopped, just went stop. It's like, it's like all of the energy stopped. And it went completely still. All of the smoke went and the stars all, it's incredible stars down there. So all of the stars came out. It was the clearest, most bright, beautiful night. And my dad... He's not a believer. He goes, I guess we can go back inside then, can we? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess we can. God did it. You don't believe me, <laughs> but God did it. And um, what happened was 
And this was a miracle, right? What happened was the fires did come to the edge of our town and then they blew back away and went to the town where everyone else had evacuated to. That's nuts, right? Isn't that nuts? But that is how God works. And people, by the way, didn't die, so don't be like God sent fire to them and he killed them. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> they were safe. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, and so, and so that happened, and I, I was back here then in January, knowing that God has said the fire will not come, I'm going to stop it at your town, and your town will be fine. There's a very strong word that I had to just trust him on, and we did, and he, he proved himself faithful again, because when he says something, he really does do it, right? He's faithful. So, I get back here the middle of January and start hearing about China, Wuhan, coronavirus, and I, I actually always watch China. I have been for years and years because I just love the country and the people there. Actually, it's the underground church that I, I pray for and am for. And, um, oh, I'll cry. We'll pray for them after. So, so um, the, the um, coronavirus news is making its way into media and starting to increase week after week after week. It's just increasing... And I was praying, Lord, what do we do? What does our church do? Um, you know, people are saying some pretty bad things. And he said this. Within two weeks of me getting back into America after the miracle protection of... Understand, in Australia, whole towns had been completely wiped off the map. And our town was saved. And it was, like, bizarre, right? And so, a miracle. It was a miracle. And so I'm here two weeks later, the coronavirus news breaks, and, and the Lord said to me, your church will be fine. You will be fine. That was all he said. That was enough. That was enough. Because he'd already said from the fire, I'll protect you. You'll be fine. I didn't need more than that. It's just that one word, one phrase, two phrases even from the Lord is enough, right? You can trust him. Take him at his word. Trust him. And so nobody in our church has been sick with COVID at all. Amen. Clap. <laughs> and I don't say that to show off. It's not that at all because that would be the absolute wrong attitude if I was to do that. That, that would, I think God would be like, okay, you're going to get it tomorrow then. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but, uh, but understand, underst oh, I'll cry again, because uh, understand, it is, it is um, his great glory presence, his strong protection over us. And it's not to say that other people don't have it. I'm not saying that we're not better then. We're not, right? But if you are someone who just decides with your life, I'm going to live devoted I am going to live dedicated to follow this one Jesus. I am going to give everything I have, everything I have, my last breath in my lungs will be lived, giving him glory and honor and honoring him, obeying him. And even if it means I'm doing it because I'm in jail because I'm still running church during COVID, I'm ready for that. He's worth it. He is worth it. He is good. He is good. He doesn't stop being good. Just because bad things happen, he doesn't stop being good. What kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? So Jesus, you know, and a, a lot of you will know this because it's been it's preached all the time. He was asleep in the boat. He wasn't worried, right? 
But he actually wants that to be our attitude. He wants us to be so trusting in him that we could be asleep next to him on the cushion, not, not worrying about what other people are doing in the boat. If they're like, wind and the waves, you can be asleep right next to him with your head on the same cushion <laughs> because you know who he is. Who, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? I'm with him. I'm going to be sleeping. If he's sleeping, I'm going to be sleeping. If he's not worried or concerned, I'm not going to be worried or concerned. I'm going to just read one quick miracle, one more quick miracle. And Jesus walked on the water. I'm going to read from Mark as well, okay? Um, Mark chapter 6, verse 45. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. By the way, it was after another miracle. Um, feeding, feeding the 4,000 or the 5,000. It happened twice. <laughs> um, okay, verse, verse 47. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake. Jesus was alone on the land, but he saw the disciples straining at the oars by the way this was probably five kilometers or five miles away because another one of the translate another one of the uh um actually in john chapter six it says it was about four or five miles away so he's up on a mountain praying and he can see <laughs> six miles at night time <laughs> that they're straining at the oars i actually think that was he saw in the spirit right that's i mean you don't see six miles away that was him seeing in the spirit which we can do just ask him, show me, open my eyes in the spirit realm. I want to see things. I'll pray for you because I do, so I know I can impart it, right? Okay, so he, uh, verse 48. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. Now listen, he was about to pass by them. Oh, is he about to pass by them? They're like straining at the oars. It said that he saw him, that he saw them up on the mountain. He saw them and he goes out to them, but he was about to pass by them. Do you remember we read? Moses was put into the cleft of the rock and God covered his hand and so that the glory could pass by. Like the glory, it's about his glory. It's always about his glory. It's always about his glory. So he was about to pass by them, not for lack of care, not for that you can keep straining at those oars. It was, I'm going to display my glory now. And then Peter, if you jump down to, um, jump, oh, actually I'm going to jump over to John chapter 6. Uh, sorry, no, I'll read it in Matthew. I have them all here. Sorry, people, I'm cheating. <laughs> I'm not cheating, it's scripture. <laughs> I'm not cheating, right? Matthew 14. Uh, is that where it talks about where Peter, Peter said, okay, Lord, if that is really you, because they're, they're recognizing that it's Jesus, if that's really you, tell me to come out to meet you. So it's not just Jesus who got to walk on the water, is why I want to just add this little piece from Matthew. Peter jumped right on, on that water too and started walking out on the water. And Peter is a man, so it wasn't God now, it was Peter who was a man who was walking on the water. So Peter displayed that a person who loves the Lord and can obediently walk with the Lord can have the same type of miracles happen in their life. He walked on the water and that was like universe-bending laws. 
right? He's literally bending the universal laws of you sink when you get into the water and he's walking on top of it. It was Peter. Until he took his eyes off Jesus and then started noticing, uh-oh, um, um, I shouldn't be doing this and got scared and started to sink. And that's the thing, isn't it? Scared, looking at circumstances, COVID's been a bad year. And he had to just reach up for Jesus again who pulled him up again and helped him to walk on water again. So, I'm actually, I really want to stop talking about scripture and stuff for now. Here's the thing is, read your Bible. Because <laughs> it's, it's full of miracles. It's full of miracles. And every time, it's miracle provision or it was deliverance. Like Old Testament, it's all about delivering God's people. New Testament, it's about delivering the individual a lot. All right? And so, or there's miracle of healing for physical bodies. Um, or provision of food. By the way, Mark chapter 16 says that you'll drink deadly poisons and they won't harm you. So don't be afraid if forced vaccination comes. Amen? Amen. Amen. I don't want it. I won't get it. But if they, for some reason, sit me down and pin me down and, no, stick it in, (laughs) I'll be quoting that verse. You can drink deadly poisons and they will not hurt you. Because God's word is what is true. It is eternal. This world is not. So we're going to pray, okay? We're going to pray. So I'm going to do this. So if you, if you need a... I know we've prayed already, but, I, but I, I wanted to do this. If you need a physical healing, stick your hand up in the air. And mine is up in the air because I do. And anyone around them, stick your hand on the shoulder. Just lean over. Put your hand on someone. We're just, so you're going to pray. So he's the God of miracles. He bends the universe. The laws change. Universal laws. Gravity changes. Water composition changes so you can walk on it so Jesus right now we are going after miracles for healing right now miracles for healing so I pray right now for healing in lungs lungs breathe 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 lungs now breathe in Jesus name I pray for hearts and other bodily organs I pray for backs and necks and knees and physical bodies I pray for bones and joints and tendons and muscles to do their job we command healing to come into physical bodies right now in Jesus name we command your bodies to come into alignment with who you are Jesus and then also the inner healing type healings if people are dealing with addiction right now I just break that off people in Jesus name we say no more addiction no more addiction you will not be ruled by the thing that has kept you bound in Jesus name we just pray that that would be completely broken off people right now I pray any kind of addiction right because it's you we can think about substances but sometimes it can be something as small as social media so Jesus we will not have any other addictions but you you are who we were created to be addicted to amen so now if you have if you have family or friends that you've been praying for their salvation, stick your hand up in the air. So we're gonna, I think probably everyone, right? <laughs> 
Jesus, we're asking the miracle of salvation upon the people, the friends, our family members, our neighbors, our work people, people that we've been uh, praying for, sometimes a short time, sometimes decades. I've got decades for some people. Jesus, we are praying for the miracle of salvation to come upon those people's homes and their hearts today in Jesus' name and praying that you would go after their hearts and that you would encounter them, Father. We have heard about the miracles of the man in white turning up in the Muslim nations and you have saved more than a million Muslims have come to Jesus because you turned up in their dreams and turned up really in their room is the man in white. God, do it in America. Do it in America. We ask, Father, that you would break open the walls that have kept them closed. God, anything that has bound our friends, our neighbours, and people that we love, anything that's kept them bound, break it off their lives in Jesus' name. We just silence every demon that would be stopping that to come to their life. We silence everyone and bind every one of the demons that has blocked the word of the Lord into their hearts and pray for open heaven over their hearts declare the Lord Jesus Christ over their lives, over their homes, over their families. In Jesus' name. Okay, so we're also going to do, if you, if you are a business owner or you are an employee of a business that is struggling right now because of COVID, just put your hand up or people are standing up, do whatever, but just let, let it be known that you need to get prayed for. <laughs> so, all right. Someone put your hand on those people. So if, if your job is at risk or your business is at risk, just put your hand up. Jesus, we right now ask that you'd release finances to these people's lives, to their employers and to their business owners. In this city, Father, we pray for creative strategic ways to be able to get more money to keep the businesses afloat, but not just afloat. I pray, God, 2020 is the year of double redemption. So I pray that you'd redeem what the enemy has stolen this year in this city, that you'd redeem everything that the enemy's tried to steal from people this year. I pray, Father God, that you would break open heaven's bank account and make finances flood into this business here too, Chef by Design right here. God, keep these businesses and these families afloat in Jesus' name, but not just afloat. God, I pray for the overflow. I pray for the blessing. I pray Christmas would be done and easy for people in Jesus' mighty name. We pray for the flowing of finances into this city as well, that this city, because you say where a church is in a city, the city is made better by the people who live in it. And so we pray for this city, Father God, that it would be marked by great, great economic growth when the enemy has tried to put the screws down on this city, the enemy agenda, we break it in Jesus' name. Every enemy assignment against businesses, we break in Jesus' name and pray, God, that you would raise a standard over this city and over even this nation in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com. 